Heyo, welcome everyone to episode 31 of Today in the Scene. I'm Joe with Indie Arcade Wave, and this is my co-host Dylan from Galactic Battleground. Hey, what's up, y'all? This week, we're going to explore a new beat-em-up platformer called Street Cleaner. This game is packed with uh, great game design, art, challenging levels, and killer synthwave music. Uh, joined by the creators, Jesse and Brooks. How are you guys doing today? Feeling good. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you guys are a pretty interesting duo to be putting a game together um i guess we're gonna dive into street cleaner and the music a little bit first um because that's how dylan at least knew you before everything and then i found you guys through the game we'll talk about that second so i just want you guys to introduce yourselves first off um who are brooks and jesse so i'm brooks i am the programmer and artist developer designer of creaky lantern games I am Jesse. I am, uh, uh, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, uh, I, I produce and perform music under the name Street Cleaner, and uh, I'm a part of Creaky Lantern Games. I've been, uh, been uh, doing the Creaky Lantern Games thing um, a little bit longer than the Street Cleaner thing, um, and I'd like to say that uh, Street Cleaner uh, was kind of born from my collaboration with, uh, with Brooks. Awesome, awesome. And um, how did you kind of come up with this alias with Street Cleaner prior to Creaky Lantern Games? Uh, worked um, with Brooks on a game in two thousand and was it two thousand eleven? Uh, yeah. Uh, we uh, Brooks had uh, uh, was working on a game called Aeternum for uh, Xbox Live Indie Games XBLIG. And, um, and he, uh, brought me on to help with music and I, uh, I, you know, uh, wrote a lot of music for that game. I did the, the soundtrack for that game and, and, um, it was a really neat experience, um, you know, versus a, a lot of collaborations that are like online, uh, Brooks and I at the time had the ability to collaborate in person. And so, you know, working, you know, we had our desks that, you know, were opposite each other. And so being able to to work back to back there on on the game, you know, the soundtrack and you know me plugging away on the the music side and him, you know, working on the uh, art and programming and all that on the other side was really a unique experience. And, and through that, I had uh, had you know we talk about stuff and and I was always talking about how I always wanted to write uh, movie soundtracks and um, and Brooks was a big catalyst and kind of pushing me forward into, well, just do it. You know, why are you, why are you waiting? Just do it, you know? And yeah, why not? Yeah. And, and I was like, let oh. other people be your destiny. Yeah, pretty much, you know? And, and so I didn't have a movie, you know, so I had to come up with a movie and, you know, we, we just talked about it and, and my music kind of already lended itself to a little bit of that retro aesthetic, you know? And, and, and so I, you know, we were like, Hey, let's, you know, it'd be, it'd be neat to do like a, an 80s film you know we'll do i'll do a soundtrack to an 80s film uh brooks helped me workshop you know the the story the 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 names you know um the imagery you know uh he handled you know the visual side of of the project and and i was writing you know the music and then you know and and that's where the first album came from it was it was just a one-off at the time it was just called street cleaner and you know it was a vigilante story and um and it and you know this is this is so far back that I, I'd say the synthwave movement wasn't really 
in in full swing yet or it had just started so i had um inadvertently you know joined a budding movement that that had was starting to blossom and and so being able to be one of the the earlier producers in 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 that you know throwback synthwave type you know cinematic music thing was a a, a real um um how do i say it like uh it wasn't intentional it just kind of happened you know and so from there things really blew up you know and and you have to write a sequel right so it's the thing you know and and then brooks and i just kept on working on on more stuff you know more more things you know uh uh you know we work on each other's projects you know published or not you know we're always working on something and i think that we complement each other really well creatively um and you know even sometimes we're we're the voice that the other person doesn't necessarily want to hear you know, but that's all in, in, in good, you know, that's, that's the best part of a creative process. Is, that that is know. collaboration. That is collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love how you just kind of jumped into making synthwave music and didn't really know that it was growing or anything. And then found this scene kind of budding with you, which is kind of what happened with us too, is we made this indie game. We're like, let's put it in an arcade cabinet before we even really knew there were games being made for arcade cabinets. And within six months we had met five or six other people that were making them um i think that's really cool that you guys have been working together as long as you have and you're helping each other advance um through what you want to do i'm kind of curious brooks as to what your experience is with making video games because i know jesse kind of went the music route what what have you worked on before street cleaner uh like jesse mentioned i'm i did make one game for the xbox 360 called eternum it's a kind of a bullet hell cute em up you know, in the style of Toho. Before that, you know, just a lot of little projects. It's, it's the kind of thing where everyone that makes video games, you just make stuff at, at first, and all your ideas are way too big, right? So, Dreaming is easy. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Executing you're working is on, hard. You're, you're working on all these grand designs, and finally I, I, I said to myself, I need to finish something, because that's the key. So I pared down to this one little project to make shoot 'em up cut down the spec as much as I could and finally finished the project. So that was, that was when I was hooked. Yeah, it went over great. I mean, we, uh, we were asked to um, do a panel at the Toho convention in uh, Orange County or Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, the, 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 I, I can't really speak to, to, to charts in Japan, but we were doing really well in Japan. It got a little call out in Famitsu. That was cool. When you started from a blank slate, did music, art, or gameplay come first when you were developing the game Street Cleaner? Uh, for Street Cleaner, the video game, I think it was a uh, concept. I think, you know, we're always throwing ideas at each other, you know, and, and I well, think can I take this one? Can I take yeah, this yeah, one? please. Okay, so... You know, because the whole Street Cleaner project was based on on the idea of, you know, a movie, an 80s movie, an 80s blockbuster, a vigilante film that doesn't exist, right? So I had I had this joke idea that I was kind of playing with where, you know, in the 80s, they, when they had a blockbuster movie like that, they would have just wanted to make money however they could, you know, extra money. So they would have sold the rights to the video game to whatever company came to them with with a bundle of cash, right? You know, the classic story of LJN and, and all that. So I was messing around and 
did like a little pixel art scene of what I imagined the video game version of the street cleaner movie would have been. And it was, you know, the thing where they would have, they would have got the license and then taken total liberty with it. So the, the resulting video game would have been nothing like the movie that it was based on. Yeah, you're talking kind of like E.T. Yeah. Bit, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know, like, like, uh, like X-Men, for example, for, for uh, NES. Right. Is like is is a god awful game, and I mean, but you look at the cover and you look at the amazing artwork of Wolverine ripping through the the you know machines and just blah, and it's so colorful, and you're like, wow. And you get it home and you play it, and you're like, wait, what? What? How come I can't use his claws? Why doesn't his health regenerate? Like, what's going on right now? But 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 the difference is 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 Street Cleaner, the video game, is really really good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, the gameplay videos look awesome. I'm very excited to play it. So that's the basis. I took took this joke idea of 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 there would have been a video game for this movie that didn't exist, and we made the video game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like you guys had a ton of fun with it, and I know it's it's got like it's kind of a a mashup of multiple different kinds of games. I mean, it's got like the beat 'em up vibe, but it's also got the platformer vibe. And I'm wondering what classic games you guys drew inspiration from to create the game. Oh, there's, there's a whole bunch. <laughs> But I think my primary influence when I first started was obviously the Batman video game for NES. The Sunsoft Batman. The Sunsoft Batman. Yep. Yeah, and and you know, and then also you know, uh, um, Ninja Gaiden, obviously, you know, yep. uh, uh, Shatterhand. Um, uh, yeah. What's What's really funny is um, somebody had compared it to uh, Pro, uh, Project uh, Vice Project Doom, and neither Brooks or I had ever seen or played that game before and so i went and i looked at it and i was like oh well i could totally see that like it's almost like you know like we we hadn't played that game before but yet somehow the game that we were making was oddly you know in line with that as far as you know the the platforming beat em up you know well, well late era like, nes platformer games the, the kind of darker ones the comic inspired ones or whatever they all had kind of a zeitgeist of using the the dark palettes and and how they went about gameplay and so we're kind of playing off of that so yeah the mishmash of batman uh ninja gaiden shatter hands castlevania those are the big ones yeah yeah i mean you can definitely see that coming through in the game 100 percent. it it really does have the vibe of like the ninja gaiden now oh, that's the best news thank you <laughs> for real so with all the lines of like art direction and like deciphering what colors to use in the palette. I know you referenced all those other games you just talked about, but um, any other ones that you can think about the top of, the, of your head that pushed forward with the art style? Obviously, like you, you really got to respect what um, Yacht Club was able to do with uh, Shovel Knight. Um, they, you know, they they took a lot of the constraints of, the NES color palette and, and pixel density and stuff like that. Um, and, and we're able to make a authentic feeling uh, NES game using, you know, modern techniques and stuff like that. And, and so that obviously, you know, is a, is an influence, you know, um, I feel like a lot of, you know, I'm doing air quotes here, like pixel games, you know, or, you know, they don't really stick to any, uh, um, rule set, you like, you know, um, and they use all sorts of 
sprite scaling and 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 moving sprites uh what do you call that rotation sprite rotation stuff like that that would not have been available i mean i mean you didn't even get pixel scaling until like neo geo you know what i mean so to to to, to, to do that kind of stuff, it, it's not actually representing any type of hardware. It's more of a, an easier way to animate things. And so Brooks didn't take any real shortcuts when animating things. So, you know, you're not going to see, you know, sprites rotating, you know, you're not going to see things zooming in and out, you know, like, so they do, but the way that a Nintendo would have done them, not the way that modern machines would just blow things up and, you know, if that makes any sense. Hopefully I'm using the right verbiage. Yeah. yeah, And, yeah. Uh, and it's a fun experience, like deciding to make specifically a game using the NES style because of like, you know, limitations are one of your greatest assets, I think, when working on an art project. Because like with the NES, the palette is so specific and also so recognizable. And working within those limitations and using those colors like you have to to put a lot into it to get a lot out of it and 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 also like you know i wrote all the music in um famitracker so you know all of the music in the game is is can natively play on nes hardware if you you know like and and anybody who gets the album on bandcamp gets you know all of the 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 um uh nsf files nsf files are on part of the download on Bandcamp. So anybody who grabs the soundtrack is going to get the NESF file. So if you have a flash cart, you can play the entire soundtrack on an NES um, just because I, you know, and that's not something that we had to do. I could have, I could have done, you know, like I could have used samples or some VST plugins in Fruit, Fruit uh, FL Studios or, or Ableton or something, but I decided, you know, like, hey, let's, it'll, it'll be more work. It'll be more difficult, but the end result is just going to have that little extra layer of authenticity you know, and, and I'm not disparaging anybody who doesn't do that, like more power to however you do it, you know, like, it's, it's, it's all about the outcome, not about the tools being used. But in this specific instance, I, I made the, you know, we made the decision that it would probably be best to use, um, you know, a Famitracker and actually write NSF songs. That doesn't mean that I didn't kind of break out the mold a little bit and use a couple additional channels that that may not have been, you know, uh, uh, realistically available, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, I, I'd add a little channel just to get a little harmony or something like that, that you wouldn't have gotten in, you know, uh, Mario or something. But in the end, the end result is, you know, uh, pretty authentic sounding and hopefully, you know, it complements the gameplay as well. But I think so it, that... it does still adhere to the Konami extra chip, right? So it, it would be like, like the Castlevania three chip. Yeah. Japanese yeah. contract. Yep. Yeah, I mean, what I'm hearing is passion. You guys are going for authenticity, and you're you're not necessarily doing it the easiest way, but you're doing it the way that you you feel it should be done. You're not trying to shortcut it or get anything done really quick. Um, and I feel like you guys would be good people to give advice on this as not necessarily new developers, but developers that are kind of publishing this game on Steam for the first time. Uh, what advice would you guys have for indie devs that are interested in publishing a game? Anywhere, anywhere in the process, whether it be um, starting, making the music, making the game, the art, or even just who to go through. Like, do you go through Xbox? Do you go through PlayStation? Do you go through Steam? What what path do you think people 
should take that have those questions. So, uh, so like I said before, when I was talking about Eternum, like I, the biggest advice I always give to people is you're thinking too big. Whatever you're thinking, it's too much. You need to crush that down. You need to to get it down to like the barest minimum that you can if you want to, because you, your goal shouldn't should be to complete things, because that's the only way you're really going to learn is finishing projects, not you know building out as long as you can to make it perfect, because nothing's ever going to be perfect. So finishing a project is 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 the ultimate goal, I think. The, yeah, it's the it's best that, way to that learn. Yeah, the, the old saying is, you know, uh, a good artist can come up with a lot of ideas, but a great artist ships, you know, uh, a great artist is somebody who, who ships the product or, you know, ships the game or, sh you know, finishes the painting, that kind of thing, you know, and, and, and so I would say like, yeah, try to set yourself up to, to finish, like to, to have an end, an end goal. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I like that, Brooks. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, just looking at it, you you talk about like dreaming big and having all these ideas, but then crunch it down. So like build the skeleton, make it as simple as you want. You can always expand yeah. on the core and make it more. But when you try and do so many things, nothing gets finished. And then you just give up on the project because it's too much work. Yep. And the finishing thing is, is the like if you if you're always only starting things, you get really good at starting stuff. It, you need to be good at finishing things, getting them out the door, getting them out there. Yeah. Execution. And also, like, if, if I were to, to give any advice, like, in, in, in any creative thing, it would be um, don't, don't, don't take any shortcuts and don't be afraid to, to, to delay things and to push things back. I, I, I don't make many announcements. Like, you know, if, I, if, if I've like just personally, like I see all sorts of artists all the time announcing, working on big things and, and, oh, I got this, you know, and, and, you know, that kind of stuff. But then months, years go by and it's like, what happened to that big thing? You know, don't, don't, don't announce things, do things, you know, the, the, the good feeling of, of being able to release something, you know, and, and, and put it out there should be enough, you know, but don't, don't take shortcuts. Like if, if you're not in it, if, if you're in it to, to take the easy route, you're going to end up with the same output as everybody else. The, the one thing that other people, the one thing that'll set you apart from other people is to go that extra little bit to do that extra little push, you know? Um, I mean, even down, like I got this whole spiel and I'm not going to give you the whole thing, but about merch, you know? Um, like, so like I, last year I played a bazillion shows, I got to tour all over the country and it was, it was amazing. It was awesome. It was a real dream come true. And, and so you set up your merch next to, you know, the other bands and stuff and you get to see what other people have for merch. And when, when you look over at their table and they have t-shirt Mart, you know, uh, uh, Gildan, you know, heavy cotton, you know, shirts with a heat transfer, you know, on it versus, like a sh my shirt, which is going to be like a, a next level cotton blend with, you know, a several color silk screen or, um, or, uh, 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 what do they call that dye that I started using where it just etches, you know, um, you know, and then you can feel the difference between the shirts, the colors pop on one, the other one, you know, is going to come off in the washing machine, you know, that kind of thing. Like, like, yeah, it costs me more and my overhead is lower, you know, and I'm going to make less money for shirt. 
But in the end, the people that get my shirts are going to be stoked about them. They're going to be comfortable in them. They're not going to turn into midriffs when you put them in the dryer. They're, you know, like they're, they're going to look great after a hundred washes, you know, and, and they're going to be happy with the 20 bucks they spent. They're going to be rocking that shirt for 10 years. Exactly. You know, and, and you want them to be like that with your game too. You want them people to, to see the little things. If you, if, if, if you, Brooks showed me something. And I'm going to bring up uh, another artist here, uh, Cogn- Cognac. Yeah. Um, he, he, Brooks showed me something a long time ago. If you look at the menus of every game that he has put together, the menu is, is a formality, right? Like you, you just have the, the menu to get to the game, you know, to, to choose whatever, you know, save, load, whatever, to the game. But every time you, like, it's not just an arrow. It's something, you know, that's pointing to the thing in the menu. And the menu isn't just a boring word it's a neat like handcrafted little like a font you know and then it bounces or will shake a little bit you know like you you go the arrow you know the the indicator will point to load and load will do like a little jiggle or something you know like there's movement there's there's this 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 uh, uh extra little effort put into every little thing and and that means a lot in the long run in the grand scope of things it took them more work and more time to do that but in the end, it really stands out compared to, you know, anybody else. All right. So sorry, I was on my this, horse there for a minute. <laughs> you're you're good. Jesse, this is your first game you're publishing, right? Uh this is this is yeah, I I I guess. Okay, so uh Brooks already has one out. You're gonna be publishing your first game, you guess. Um <laughs> I I wanna know what was your guys' favorite part of creating this game? Um, what memory sticks out to you after the months and maybe even years you've been working on it? Uh what sticks out? Uh actually seeing people like because uh you know, later on towards the towards the end here, a couple months ago, we brought on a couple friends to do some testing. Cause testing a game is it's a monster job, but it's got to be very different. important. Takes yeah. forever. So we we got on a couple people that we knew were were gamers, at uh that had met, that had not played it before. Because that's one of the most valuable things is seeing how people approach it blind, completely blank, knowing nothing about it, and observing every little thing they do. To you know, just starting the game, what they do in the menus. You know, even before they get into the game, and then what they do and play with it. So, finally, I think seeing people get to a a pretty finished product and actually play through it, I think, is always magical. Because when you when you when you're making a game and you get you know a couple years into development on it, and you get to the end, you kind of forget where you how how you've gotten to where you are over the course of it, and seeing other people experience it and realizing what you've made is fantastic i think the feeling of holy shit it works yeah yeah i mean and just and just remembering what you've done and where how you've where you've gotten to all the things that you've forgotten along the way yeah yeah i i I think there's been a few uh holy shit moments where yeah i gotta say like the 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 dudes we we that are testing the game are like the raddest raddest people um i should say the people that are testing the game are the raddest people but um yes yeah, so shout, shout out to miles and jake yeah miles jake michael. uh yeah michael nate um and you know and, and then the early on testers as well uh elliot zoe and uh and uh forgive me uh, 
<laughs> I'm horrible with names. Uh, uh, she's in the credits. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, when, okay, so, so I, I, Brooks obviously has put more time uh, into playing this game than anybody. I am, I'm, I'm right behind him. Uh, I've played this game constantly for, you know, in, in one form or another for the last two years, uh, almost every day. And, you know, and, and seeing it evolve and change and stuff. And, and I get to the point where I get kind of cocky about, you know, like, like there's certain levels that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm the best at this. <laughs> like, you know, like, nope. I know there's one level that I still think I'm better at Brooks at than, you know, like that kind of thing. But then when you watch somebody who only has a couple hours on the game, discover something that you hadn't discovered in the last 150 hours of playing that game and something really simple like uh like dive kicking a certain area to launch you up into a platform skipping an entire like you know platforming puzzle type thing and it's just like oh my god i never even thought to do that i never even that never even occurred to me to do that because you know i was i got to witness the evolution of that platforming puzzle you know and had always gone about it one way and then to see somebody who who is coming into the finished product and just bloop and so it's like a discussion that brooks and i had to have like okay so like should we should we nip that in the bud or should that still exist for you know as like a hey gift to speedrunners you know like should it should stay in the game you know and and so you know it's it's a give or take on a few different things how how we want people to play the game and and if somebody and and a lot of the times it was like well shit if they can find it then they they can have it you know like if they can find that that i don't want to say exploit but that that tactic if they use that then then that's theirs to have the alternate route that you didn't realize could be taken yeah yeah and 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 then birthed from that is this whole new well, crap, now that we know that that's possible, how can we integrate that into improving the game and, and, and you know, modifying a puzzle later on, um, you know, uh, or not a puzzle, but a platforming section, you know, something where you have to time jumps or something, you know, and uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so with all this talk about the game, when and where can we play this game? It's uh, being uh, evaluated right now by by Steam. So it you know, in, in with all good luck, by the time this airs, it should be out. And all if right. not, soon afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely it's beginning right in January. Head. As soon as, as soon as we get it approved. Gotcha. Awesome. And where is that going to be available? Steam, right? Yeah, it's starting with Steam. Okay. okay. Any, gotcha. any? Are we? Are you guys planning on going anywhere else, or? We're we're working on console releases for later dates. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, anyone that can yeah. get to Steam will be able to play it first. Basically, is what you're saying. Yes. That's that's yeah yeah you're 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 gonna want to get it on Steam. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on here. Before we wrap everything up, I just want you to shout out your social medias, whether they be personal, uh, Street Cleaner the Musician, or Street Cleaner the Game. Let us know where people can find you. All right. So uh, Facebook, uh, Street Cleaner. If you search that, you'll, you'll, find, you'll find me. Um, Instagram, Street Cleaner 82. Twitter, Street Cleaner 82. I'm on Twitter more than anything else, I think. Uh, 
If, if you want to believe that Street Cleaner is some really mysterious, uh, awesome guy, then don't follow me on social media. If you want to find out that I'm just a nerd, then by all means, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, yeah, and and uh, Creaky, well, I'll, let, I'll let Brooks do his thing. Yep, so I'm Brooks Bishop. Brooks Bishop on Twitter, just exactly my name. Uh, I mostly just use Twitter. But then I've also, since we're at Creaky Lantern Games, We've got creakylantern.com. That should get you all the information you need about our games, where to get them, all that stuff. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, Brooks and Jesse, for coming on here. It was awesome talking about the game. Um, Hopefully it will be out uh, in the next week or two here. It should be pretty soon, early January. Um, And if you guys like what we're doing here at Indie Arcade Wave, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, whether you're listening to the podcast or on YouTube. And until next time, Peace.